0: For more information about the movement sessions, the food, the center, head to my website, nutritiousmovement.com retreat. That's nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat. This is Katie B., and you are about to listen to an early episode of my podcast. Now the show is called The Move Your DNA Podcast, and you can find all episode transcripts and the show notes to this episode at nutritiousmovement.com podcast. Enjoy.
1: You're listening to Katie Says, the podcast that helps you become aligned and well. Join us for conversations with Katie Bowman, biomechanist, creator, and director of the Restorative Exercise Institute, author, teacher, blogger, mother and total body nerd understand the mechanical causes of modern ailments learn how to fix them and restore yourself to a more functional state of natural human movement we hope you find the general information on biomechanics movement and alignment informative and helpful but it is not intended to replace medical advice and shouldn't be used as such and now your host danny hammett
2: Hi there. Thank you for joining us. My name is Danny Hemmett, and I get to talk with Katie Bowman each and every show as she answers questions about alignment, health, biomechanics, and all the bits and pieces in between. Katie, what have you been up to today? I just got back in from playing outside for a little bit and
0: uh, getting ready to do some work.
2: Well, as you know, we start every show off with a question so we can figure out different ways people live. I kind of have a an out there question for you today. Okay. If you could eat any food for the rest of your life without any like nutritional consequences, what would you choose?
0: Um, Well, as a category, Greek food. I mean, I I could live on Greek food for the rest of my life. And I guess the nice thing about Greek food is I don't know if there's any negative nutritional consequences. I mean, I I guess nutritional consequences come with high volumes of a single thing. So, did you mean pretend there's
2: none? Like, there's none. Like, there are no normal rules for nutritional consequences.
0: I don't think I'd want to eat one. Just a lot of one food. I'm not really a like. There's no. There's no one food that I don't eat that I wish I could. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What's what is it for you? What would be for uh, you? Well, I'm the
2: same as you. I couldn't think of a thing. I could only think of a category of food that pleases me greatly. Like that. I that if if everything exploded and there was just that one country providing my food
0: (laughs) right what would it be Um,
2: indian food i love i love indian food i just there's no way i can get sick of it so
0: indian food's great Um, oh
2: yeah well so is greek food i mean there's in both there's just a lot of veggies and so much variety and oh i
0: I just like mediterranean flavors but i also make a mean bindi masala which is okra and a masala sauce so i will make that for you you know my husband's ayurvedic practitioner so we eat a lot of kitchari a lot of indian food Excellent. Um, does he cook too? No, not so much. He he does, I would say now. I, I, I love to cook. And so I just, I like to do it. It's my relaxing thing. So I think I'm more like, no, I want to cook. I, I like to create. I'm not very artistic, but I like to make food. But the one thing I would say within the Greek category, which I think maybe more what you're after, like if I could eat unlimited amounts of X, it wouldn't be the one. It wouldn't be the food that I'd want to eat all the time. But I love halva. Halva's good. So, like as for sweets, I like Mediterranean sweets. So halva, ses- that which is, a, which is a candy made out of sesame. Oh sweet yeah, my paste. husband.
2: My husband is Persian, so oh yeah. Um, I and,
0: didn't know that. And,
2: yeah, and Persian
0: sweets are awesome.
2: They are. Because like they mix floral scents in with them and they're just, yes.
0: My sister-in-law is also Persian. So if your husband knows, I've been trying to get this recipe, it's a garbanzo bean flour. It's a garbanzo bean cookie. And she made them for me one time and I've been trying to get the recipe, but it was just like almonds and garbanzo bean flowers, And now we're talking about sweets. And there's also a Persian ice cream store in LA, if you've never mm. been to with like cardamom, rose water and orange blossom ice. Cream. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so I used Persian. to make so, yeah, Persian that, ice cream. Ugh. That category of, of uh, Middle Eastern Mediterranean sweets would be I wish that I could just get a pass. Right. I'm thinking respects. maybe we
2: should um, just like truncate this podcast because now I'm kind of I'm getting hungry, but we'll, we'll, we'll sally forth. Okay. But no well, more sweets talk. Cause I, w- I want to talk about one more sweet that I just all made right, yesterday. All right. Chocolate hummus. All right. You're going to have to sell me on this one.
0: You just, you take a blender and you put in garbanzo beans and a cocoa powder and dates. I just, oh. I, I boil dates so they get soft. And I throw those in. And it's amazing dipped with strawberry. It's just it's become my I'm I'm at a point I'm breastfeeding two kids. So, oh, you need stuff. I need a lot of like high calorie, but I don't like junk. I don't like crappy food. I like Mm -hmm. all my all our foods we make ourselves. And so that has become my kind of um, junk food staple. And and my kids love it. And I take it to barbecues and it's like it's chocolate hummus and it's amazing it's really (laughs) really really good that sounds good all right
2: well you've opened my mind let's let's talk about other stuff body stuff let's talk about since we're talking about natural things natural movement there's always so many short uh digestible and not always accurate things that we are fed through magazines and tv and all that stuff and i think since we're just we're going to stick with the definition here. We should talk about what your, how you use natural movement, how you define it as it re- relates to your work.
0: Okay. Well, natural movement, and I'm I'm making a T t hard on purpose, is because it's without the the letter s. So I delineate between natural movement and natural movements with an s. So natural movements would be anything that the human body does that it would also be doing were it in nature so squatting to go to the bathroom a bathrooming squat would then fall under a a single within the category of natural movements right like so um i you know Climbing, climbing up, clambering, climbing over things, walking um, would all be examples of natural movements where bicycling would not, right? Okay. So okay. there's no way to put bicycling into the natural movements category because you need a bike and bikes don't grow on trees.
2: So something we would just do as, as an existing, existing human without any,
0: anything hey. around us? yes but also even more even more than that would be the movements that you would do for the purpose of getting life done so like someone could say handstands are a natural movement right because they don't if we categorize natural movements by not needing equipment then you could say that a handstand Would be different than riding a bicycle because a handstand is something that a human can do with no equipment. However, doing handstands is not something that humans do (laughs) when trying to live, you know, in nature. So it's not just anything that the human can body can do without equipment. It really are it's those things that a human would do. um, because the difference between an exercise in a natural movement would be that it's something that you're doing for the purpose of doing something else, of getting something else. So walking three miles to gather water or firewood or walking three miles um, to gather food is different than going for a three-mile walk because when you go for a three-mile walk as an exerciser, your goal in doing that three-mile walk is to reap the benefit of the walking. Okay. And In natural movement the three miles that you walked in order to get all these other things done was done for the purpose of getting these other things done. It wasn't for the purpose of reaping the physical benefit. The physical benefit was a byproduct of you just doing what you needed to do to live.
2: So you you got movement because you had to go pick fruit three miles away for dinner. Mo-
0: yes, movement was secondary. Okay. So there's a, there's a motivation factor in, in what's driving you to do it. Um, and I like to use, I like to use, um, orcas in captivity to illustrate my point. And I do this more in Move Your DNA, um, which is the the big book that really explains all of this stuff. You know, orcas in the wild swim long distances. They swim at varying speeds. They're, they're foraging, right? You know, Orcas, have you have to get food in the wild and foraging behavior is part of anything that has to get food in the wild. And gathering food requires that you use your body in all these unique and novel ways. When you put an orca in a tank, like at SeaWorld or any other zoo or aquarium type environment, the way that the orca swims is entirely different because of the limitations of the environment in which it's swimming. There's a difference between swimming in the ocean at different distances and different speeds. And
2: resistance too.
0: Well, all all the physical, like that goes back to alignment. Alignment is all of the forces that are created, right? So they'll have to go back to listen to the first show. Alignment has to do with the forces that are created by the way that your movement is happening. So the forces are different. And what happens when you when you have a really limited way of assessing movement, it's like, well, they're both swimming, right? Doesn't swimming use their fins and their flipper, you know? And, and you can say that you can put what they do in both categories in the ocean or in the tank, you can put them both into swimming, but you can see how those swimming, the ways of swimming aren't equal, right? Yeah. So what happens when an orca goes in captivity, they're in a a tank. They only swim in a a circle. That's the only way that they swim. And I believe it's a counterclockwise circle. So now the forces, if you walked in a circle, in fact, if everyone just gets up and goes and walks in a circle 10 times, you're going to feel a different set of forces than if you just walked in a straight line covering the same distance of you circling, right? So there are a different set of forces that lead to fins of what they believe are like due to different heights flopping over. They're not even able to create the set of forces that keep their fin in an upright position. So without the forces that come from swimming through a natural environment, moving naturally, if you will, natural movement, you get these collapses, these tissue collapses. And it's not that their fins are weak per se because a fin is just fibrocartilage. When There's you no say muscle. collapse, like an actual, I could see it? Yeah, if you go Google, if you go Google um, Free Willy, I mean, like, all, orcas in captivity, the males, they're with the tall fins, they have much taller fins, they collapse over. Wow. So what we have is we have this kind of basic understanding about what happens when a whale is not allowed to swim the, na- the way it needs to swim? And then there are all the other problems of captivity, right? Where the whales, they don't hold their pregnancies well. Um, they lose lots of babies. They die early. Like There's all these other biological things. Kind of the same thing with horses, right? Horses that you keep are more colicky because animals, including us, aren't meant to have these small, narrow movement parameters. There's a baseline of movement nutrition that we're not getting, and our structures are failing without it. But we don't see that because everyone, every human we know, moves in exactly the same way, which is hardly at all, and in these like repetitive, small box-type things. You know, now, speaking of movement
2: nutrition, would be a good time to take a stretch break.
0: Oh, a stretch break. Okay. What shall um, we do today? Today, we are going to... Put your hands on your sternum. So that would be um, the part of your chest that's just above your breastplate, kind of like um, where, the, where your necklace would hang or your chain if you had one on. Just below that, there's like a flat area. If you put your hand on that, drop that down so that your hand is um, vertical to the ground. Like it's just straight up and down. That way you're not lifting your chest. So drop your chest so that it's in like a neutral. And then from there... Slide your head back to the wall behind you, right? So that's one motion. We call that ramping up the head. But you want to make sure that you don't ramp the head and lift the chest. That's why I have your hand on your chest. So hand on the sternum, holding that down. Slide your head back like you're trying to make a double chin. And then from there, maybe drop your right ear towards your right shoulder. Oh, it feels so good. Oh, my gosh. Happy, happy. I got a cranky side. All right, and then other ear. To the other shoulder and you can do this a few times a day or a thousand so what I like to do is after you do this stretch you know you've taken the time to like line up certain parts before you stretched now release release all of that and go back to the way you you hold your head when you're on the computer and you usually find that you just lift and like drop your chin forward so if you can cultivate that holding your sternum down and sliding your head back as you're working or doing that a few times and it's kind of wiggling your neck to the right and to the left. That can be um, pretty helpful for the day.
2: Very good. Good for computer work. Thank you. All right. So let's, You're welcome. Let's go back to talking about the biological problems associated with those narrow movement parameters that we're not humans and orcas and all sorts of things in captivity have Oops. to deal with.
0: So natural movement with, without an S would be the sum total of everything that we would do to exist or everything that the whale does to exist and when you start stripping those away our bodies have come over many many hundreds of thousands of years really to depend on those that movement input like our systems the, like when you when you evolve the things that you keep or you don't keep, like if the if the riding, meaning the uprightedness of a orca's fin is so important, why isn't there a muscle that keeps it erect? Why would it be maintained passively by the way that you swim? And it's like, well, like that's the whole purpose of of evolution, really. I mean not a purpose, but that's how it goes, where when a structure is maintained, when the environment, when the forces created through environment maintain something for you, that's energy that your body doesn't have to expend. It would be a waste for a whale to have a muscle that holds up his fin when the way that it swims creates a series of forces that maintains it for the whale. It's a, it's a way of of getting um, a benefit without having to spend any money. Like, it's a great benefit-cost Relationship, um, but now when you when you take it away from the forces that are created through the way that it moves, there is no structure, there is no muscle that does that work. So the whale is just left with altered biology just because of its habitat, because of the way it's it's um, limited to move. So it's same for us. We have all of these structures that are failing because. The forces created through movement, or your alignment, aren't there. And the only way that they're created by, is by returning back to moving through nature, not just doing exercises to isolate. So that's the difference between natural movement and natural movements. I think that there's an understanding that humans need to use a whole bunch of different ranges of motions and strength patterns and that we haven't been doing it. But because of our relationship with this term exercise we keep trying to pluck out the four or five things like i talked about squats like squats are a natural movement for a human right getting down and getting back up again but 200 in a row of barbell weighted <laughs> squats that's not a natural that's not a natural movement uh, right um and also the the notion that context and relationships of like when you're moving through nature there is a natural progression of things like you're you're constantly you're not doing 200 squats in a row right Mm. it's there's a there's a frequency over which those motions are happening over a day and your body adapts not to just to the three variables like we think oh is it intensity is it frequency what's more important and the thing is they're all essential you can't I mean, haven't we learned by now that you can't pluck out what's essential about a biological system and then and then do that a lot, you know, to get a really good biological system. Like we got to start realizing that that's what we're doing with exercise. We're trying to we're trying to control nature without participating in it.
2: Right. Like when you see those workouts advertised as you can get this workout done in 20 minutes, everything you need. (laughs) Awesome.
0: Then you can be sedentary the other (laughs) 23 hours and 40 minutes of the day and be healthy. It's like, come on, who thinks that? Who yeah. cool. I don't think that a lot of reasonable people, when you break it down, are like, "Oh, yeah, I guess that's right. I am sedentary." So, so natural movement and nat- natural movement versus natural movements would be the frequency and the distribution and the load profiles, which are all those movement nutrients that come from doing things in a particular way, are distributed throughout a day, throughout a week, throughout a lifetime in the way that they would have occurred in. Nature and I don't think that there's a way really to get back to that. Um, however, I think that there's a way to get a lot closer than we have been.
2: This is a good time for our eye break. We remind us what an eye break is.
0: An eye break is a chance for you to use the muscles in your eye that are held in a cast by the distance, the farthest thing that's from you. Like if you look around your house or you're looking around outside, you're probably looking at a fixed distance. You know, anywhere between five and. 25 feet in front of you and that is like having a cast on your arm in the same way that your muscles atrophy in your arm they atrophy in your eyes by always looking at things that are close and inside so an eye break is a chance to look go to a window go outside um, look at the farthest thing away from you and just let everything in your face and your eyes relax because in order to focus on that faraway thing um, the muscles in your eyes have to release. It's like le- putting your arm down. After flexing like a bicep curl, it's doing the opposite, letting it down. You're letting your eyeballs down. Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your eyes. Excellent. So everybody can just stop, go and take your eye break. We will be here waiting for you. I'm going to go look outside real fast. Excellent. Okay. Wow. That tree is really, look and look for things like, look for a bird way up in the tree. I mean, it's it's a, a natural, and this would be a good example. A natural movement would be doing it just because it's an exercise to release your eye. More of a, a way that it would occur naturally is because you're actually looking for things that are mm. far away, right? You're trying to become aware of your environment for safety's sake, um, which would be looking for food that's far away. Maybe you're gonna snare, you know, something that's way up on the top of that tree, and you need to be able to see it and identify it. So. It's always context always helps. I don't want you to be mm. relaxing your eyes because Katie says so. Like Katie says so is the worst reason to do anything. Just ask my husband <laughs> or, my, or my or my little sister. Yeah. <laughs> um you're you're doing it because you understand that that your biological systems require it and you're just trying to re, you're just trying to change your relationship with these terms exercise and movement and natural movement and you're trying to change your relationship ultimately with your environment. You're trying to change your habitat if you will. And change
2: is good. It's always good to think about the hows and whys of what we're doing. Well, our time is almost up. Do you have any final thoughts on natural movement? Did I make my tea hard enough? Natural movement.
0: <laughs> I would say that natural movement. This is going to be the first time I've ever said this or I've never written this anywhere. This is it. This is the first time I've ever put this down on media. Natural movement solves a myriad of problems. Right now, I would say that the person listening to this podcast is trying to solve so many issues in their life, more time with their family, less time at work, more time to spend on, on their health and feeling good and eating well, and more time on their spirituality maybe whatever that means to them, less time trashing the environment, less time consuming things that break down the planet, spending less money. All of those problems stem from the way we structure arguments in our mind. You think, not you, but it's, it's common to think that exercise, I mean, everyone thinks like, okay, I need to exercise more. I need to eat better. I need to, but I need to spend time with my kids. So, so if I only have an hour and a half after work, I got to draw my kids off. You know, I got to find someone to watch them, which costs money and And I need to go exercise because it has to be this high intensity thing because I'm not moving the rest of the day. So I have to make up for it in this high intensity time. And all of these things that you're trying to solve, all these, all these paradigms that which you subscribe to, it's like, you can't even support the very paradigm that you, that you support, you know, you can't even support with behavior the way the paradigms you support with your mind, because we don't understand that by simply just going outside and walking with our family at a slower pace for a longer period of time over logs through water gets us everything. It doesn't cost any money. You had time with your family. You got your health. You got to commune with nature. You got to transfer some electrons between the earth's ground. You didn't have to buy any packaging, meaning you didn't go to a place that's got electricity running. You're not running. You're not using electricity to get some exercise, right? You're not getting onto a machine that co- that costs the planet just so you can get your movement because moving over the planet yourself powered by you is too foreign of a concept. Like, do you see what I mean? Like Absolutely. So- the solution to everything is just getting back to our fundamental basics, and then you can add this component of there's all this food to be eating outside once you, once you start walking through nature, then there's all this food that can be gathered through there, which is a whole nother show on wild food foraging. Like it's just it solves so many problems, and it solves the most problems for the least amount of time, which is right the ultimate right, and, solution.: And the least amount of money,
2: and I mean it's just I love it. It's the most for the least. So I mean simple. the end.
0: Yes. Boom. Drops mic. Drops mic and walks off stage again. (laughs) You, you can't drop mic yet. Okay, sorry. That was
2: that was a good sound thought to leave us with though. So, you're gonna drop mic, walk outside, and what are you gonna do today?
0: I am going to take my kids down for a river hike, and we'll probably just um, be there. It's sunny day, and hang out. That sounds good. Do they like rocks? They do like rocks. One likes. Throwing rocks and the other one likes standing on them. Wobbly. She loves wobbly. Wobbly. And she just loves to balance. And they make long chains of rocks to walk on. They're, they're outdoor kids. That sounds like a nice afternoon.
2: It is. That sounds good. It will be. All right. Well, I hope. <laughs> I'm sure it will be. Thank you so much for your time today. That was a lot of fun. And I look forward to our next conversation. Thanks, Danny. I appreciate you. All right. Thanks. Have a good day. All right. Bye. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening. For more information, visit Katie Bowman's edutaining blog, Says.com. For books, online classes, downloads, and continuing educational courses with Katie, visit the Restorative Exercise Institute at restorativeexercise.com. Her most anticipated book, Move Your DNA, will be available in September 2014. You can learn more about Danny Hemet at moveyourbodybetter.com and dannyhemet.com.